it is a wild uh, night in Queens for your Toronto FC. Um, un- <laughs> I mean, there's a few words to describe what just what we just watched. Um, you know, started off really great and then turned into a bit of a nightmare. And then it got, you know, really weird at the end, which is peak MLS. Uh, welcome to uh, the Tunnel Club post-game reaction show. Uh, I'm Mike Newell. You can follow me at Football Saves here on this Bird app. Um, Sean Levy is with me. You can follow him at Sean Anthony Levy. Um, five four uh, in Queens. It ends, and this was you know you can say it's a game of ebb and flows. You can say it was uh, a game of almost quarters, um, if you will. Um, but it was uh, it was a wild one um, out at City Field. Um, Sean, let me just get, first of all, your immediate reactions on, uh, I mean, one of those games that you're going to kind of look back at and, and say, how did this end up 5-4? Well, I mean, I think we can kind of, it's quite obvious how it ended up 5-4. Horrible defending. Um, NYF, NYCFC was able to expose all of our shortcomings, all of our weaknesses, and all in one game. Um and it literally, like, the start of the second half, it just, like, defensively, we collapsed. Um, and there was no, like, you can't blame one individual. You can just blame the team as a whole did not step up in the second half. Um, it was atrocious. It was, like, embarrassing to watch the defending, the lack of communication. Just, it was not, it was ugly. It went from, you know, we were... If you look at Twitter, we were on a high, you know, the way the game started. Even after, at halftime, we're, di- we're still up 2-1. The, the mood was still decent. I don't know what happened in the second half. I really don't. Um, I can kind of maybe give some thoughts on what happened in the second half. Um, look, I, look, let's, let's, well, before we even get there, um, let's let's start let's start with the good before we get into the really bad. Um, but I mean, the, the start is good. It's bright. It's, you know, Toronto FC is playing well, is getting possession, is getting on the ball and being dangerous. Um, and then, you know, you, you start to, you start to see again, sort of the good things that we've been seeing from Toronto FC in the last couple of weeks you know, being able to uh, possess the ball, being able to create good moves, being able to, you know, maybe not create a ton of chances, but when you do create chances, they're high quality ones. Um, and then, you know, of course, you have Jesus Jimenez, who um, you, you do have a legitimate potential golden boot threat um, up top. And, you know, if we, you know, when you start going into the bad, you can look at the fact that he might be paper, papering over some cracks. And that cracks, I mean, maybe a little bit of craters on this team right now. Um, but I think the start is bright. Um, but I think it's something that we've been saying about this team for quite a while, at least since the beginning of the season. You know, they have these moments where they're really great. And then it just all evaporates in a very quick period of time. And that's the baffling thing, I think, to me and, and I think to you, Sean, is just they can go from you know, being one up, being two up, or at least having some control of the game, or at least being competitive in the game. And then 
it feels like a, a, at a flick of a switch, something bad happened, and then they, it's downhill um, with this team. And, and you know, it, it's, I'm not going to say they quit because that's definitely not what happened. Obviously, there was a fight back. But I also think we may have to throw up our hands here and say that they might have just got beat by a better team tonight. Um, and in a lot of ways, you know, NYCFC were the better team. I think the score um, flatters a bit. Um, a lot, to be honest. Um, I think when it was 5-2, maybe even 4-2, I think that was a fairer um, reflection on how the game was. Because even when TFC were up 2-0, I never really felt they had control of the game at any point. I don't know how you feel. And look, this is the fan show. This is your show, guys. Um, so feel free to grab the mic um, request at the bottom left-hand corner there. Um, and we'd love to hear your thoughts on this game. What, what you know, what are you? Are alarm bells ringing for you at least defensively? Um, but I, I, I do think that if they had walked out with a five-two result, I think that would have actually been a, a fairly fair reflection on the game as uh, overall over the full ninety. Yeah, like I'm not gonna, I, I'm not gonna complain on the fact that we lost and who we lost to because reality is, going into this game, we've already exceeded expectations with the when it comes to results. Right, we already know this team is a work in progress. They're not like, like seeing some of the comments I'm seeing on, on Twitter during the second half and even after. I'm just thinking like people must think that TFC was like uh, a supporter shield contender. We're not. You know, we've had some good results, but we're not one of the elite teams in the league right now. We're far from it. So we need to also remember that. So with some of the criticism, yes, it's warranted with how some players have played. But one of but one of the factors we also have to remember is the team is a change uh, 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 in a in a big transition. You know, we had um, Eric on last week, and you know when he listed all the players who've left and what we've had come in. Again, the team is has exceeded expectations. They've done better than most people would have thought based on who we've seen in the starting eleven, game in game out. The fact that we've had such a uh, a variety of different players, game in game out, um, different formations, there's we're gonna have games like this, where the better team just outperforms us. Yeah, and as I bring Ravi in, and Ravi, um, I'm just gonna have you unmute in a second and give us your thoughts. But yeah, look, I I, I think you you saw the MLS Cup champs today, um, even when it was two nil. You know, Tati Castellano, I mean, Bono made a couple of uh, excellent saves in the first half. Um, it could have been 5-4 in the, you know, well, it could have been 5-2 in the first half um, without uh, Bono making some of those saves. And, and we'll get into some of the defensive issues um, in a bit. Um, and and I'm seeing a lot of calls uh, for Schaffelberg out of left wing back. So I'm sure a few of you have some thoughts on that. Uh, but Ravi, um, thanks for joining the show. Thanks for uh, calling in. Go ahead and mute yourself and give us your thoughts. Hey, can you guys hear me okay? Yep, we can hear you. Perfect. Yeah, um, you know, I think we saw a lot of that second half breakdown actually occur in the first half. Um, NYC had a lot of great chances, and they were coming off of some really brutal defense. I think Alex Bono really, you know, paved over what I'm calling the dysfunction of the defense in the first half. Um, I, I don't know, man, that, that trio of Mavinga, Salcedo and, and uh, O'Neal, it, it's just, 
I said it last, a couple weeks ago when I was on the show. There's definitely some communication issues there. And I think today, seeing all three of them on there um, and seeing that first half and even what happened in the second, it, it's just something's not working. <laughs> it's not working. And, and today was sort of a, we saw it raw, what, what's going on. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks there, Ravi. Um, if you don't mind, can you just mute? Cause, hey, thank you, because there's a little some background uh, noise on your end. But um, yeah, I, I 100% agree. I think there's, look, I, again, like I said, Jesus Jimenez can paper over some cracks. And, and let's, not, let's not completely, you know, dump on everything, right? Like, you know, Kosi Thompson played a really great first half. Um, I'll even give him a, a solid uh, a match performance. I think defensively, again, you are asking him to play out of position. So I think there were times where he was caught or a little naive on, on some defending. But again, I, he kind of gets a bit of a, I don't want to say a pass, but, you know, we can kind of live with that a little bit. But he had two assists, played really well. Um, I, obviously, Jesus Jimenez, two great finishes, uh, you know, put you up 2-0. But to your point, Ravi, uh, I never really felt TFC really had control of the game, even up 2-0. You know, it never felt like they could really get their foot on the ball and kind of control things. And I think that might be the next step or the next evolution of this sort of rebuilding team, as Sean mentioned, right? Like being able to get a 2-0 lead and kind of see it out, being able to put a foot on the ball and control things. And I felt that at times, one, they gave away the ball really cheaply, right? I know we're going to talk a lot about the back line and we're going to talk a lot about um, the three at the back and should it continue um, and we'll talk in, obviously, again, points about Schaffelberg, uh, whether or not he should stay a left wing back. But I think some of this uh, onus lies on, you know, your midfielders giving the ball away very cheaply and putting yourself into really bad transition moments. Uh, and that's what uh, I found, uh, at least in, in the first half and definitely in the second half. I mean, in the second half, it's hard to get into transition moments when you don't have the ball, period. Where it's just, you're sort of just kind of punting it up hopefully Jesus Jimenez can hold it up and then maybe bring some players into play. Whereas I just found that, you know, they just lump it. The ball was coming right back at them. Um, and credit to NYCFC, right? Again, you got to have to throw your hands up and, and say, you know, the better team was able to play the better football um, for long stretches of time in that game. Um, Ravi, I'm just, oh, so go ahead, Ravi. Yeah. Yeah. Just to that point, NYCFC were the better team. And, you know, when you make mistakes, the better teams capitalize on those mistakes. And when you're making a lot of them, it just gives those better teams more opportunities to capitalize. Um, so, yeah, the better team did win for sure, absolutely. Um, we just need to clean up a lot of those mistakes, as you said, in the midfield, but also on the defense. Yeah. And I'm going to bring Chris in. Thanks so much for your thoughts and thanks for joining. Uh, if you want to give us some more thoughts, feel free to jump back in. Um, okay. Ooh. Okay, Chris, uh, I think you were there. I lost your request, Chris, but if you want to uh, request again, feel free to uh, request the mic. We'll get you back in. Um, but Sean, um, just let's talk a little bit. I saw a tweet that you posted and, and let's get into, just get yeah. right into it, right? Um, I don't think we have to dis dissect who scored and when, but um, Schaffelberg at left wing back. I, I think that's uh, that's something that we may have to have a, a discussion about. 
Um, it's oh, it's not made. He look, Shaft is a, a, an outstanding young kid. He's he's a excellent left wing um, when he's playing in the attacking role. But you're asking someone who's not a defender to all of a sudden play the defense, and he's constantly caught, especially when he's in the, that 18 on a set play, not knowing where to be and how to mark his man. And one of the goals, I can't recall which one, it was simply like, if you you see him, he got caught flat-footed, his man beat, just stepped, bam, in the net. Like, and his man was behind him, right? So if your man's going to be behind him, don't worry about the ball. You need to worry about your man. Stop f- focusing on the ball and pay attention to where your man is moving, uh, ensuring he's not beating you to the play. He doesn't know how to play defense, and you're expecting him to, to figure it out in-game. We're, He's being exposed week in, week out, and it's getting worse. And I think it's only it's not benefiting him and his confidence if you're throwing him out there and he's struggling and get and goals are now being scored openly because he doesn't know how to mark. Well, I think you know teams are attacking him, right? They know that there's a weakness on that left side. Um, him and Petrasso on that left side. I like both players. Don't get me wrong, uh, but I do think that both players kind of want to do the same thing. And they kind of get in each other's way a little bit. Um, and, and I think you're better off playing one or playing the other. I, I don't know if playing both at the same time makes a ton of sense. I think they like the potential of Schaffelberg's defensive side on that left wing uh, defensively uh, rather than Petrasso. I think they see Petrasso as a, a, as a player that plays a little further up. Um, but uh, there were times tonight where they just were not quite on it in terms of being able to figure out who was going to overlap, who was going to, who was going to pinch in, you know, who were going to, you know, play one, twos off each other. And there were times where they just misplayed the ball and that turned into a turnover. Uh, And, and, you know, that's where, again, if you're both up there, you know, that's an easy way to attack uh, down that flank. And then you're, and then with, you know, at times Chris Mavinga was pushing high up as well. Um, so they were getting beat quite easily down that side. Um, so, th- you know, there's a lot of questions there about whether or not it works long term or whether or not you make a reinforcement uh, signing in the summer. You know, that yeah, might be coming. I just don't see it going long term. I think you have to like my, personally, I like, again, my opinion doesn't matter because I'm just a fan. I think Petrasso's defensively has shown more to me that I would rather see him get a, an, at least another opportunity playing in that defensive role, that wingback role versus um, a Schaffelberg. But I also think that when, when it comes to the, his offensive um, play, especially with Jimenez and um, pause, I find, I find their link up play has been real impressive so far this season. So I see kind of why you want you, you prefer him playing in that uh, left wing position, but you're right. The two of them are too similar and you're finding that they often want to do the same thing at the same time. Absolutely. Uh, Carissa, you've been patient. Thanks so much, man. Uh, go ahead and meet yourself and give us your thoughts. I, uh, I agree with both of you. Um, I find Schaffelberg and Petrasso both want to get on the outside and it results in one of them having to come inside, and then both of them look extremely confused when they're cut inside. Like, they're not sure what to do with the ball. Um, both of them want to get to the byline. Both of them want to cross it in, so I don't think you can play both. 
Um, I also wanted to know what you guys think. Um, I think our midfield, especially when we look at what Bradley, Osorio, and Pozuelo, all three of them do not have any dynamism to their game. Um, Bradley, to me, is looking very stiff out there. Um, if there's any Manchester United fans, um, it reminds me of Matic. It's just, just don't have the legs no more. Just, just he, he, he doesn't have the legs anymore. Um, and I find that I, well, part of the problem of why we sometimes just end up hoofing the ball forward is because no one in our midfield can drive the ball forward. Um, none of them have any dynamism to the game. Um, I don't know. It would just be nice to have somebody who could, when receiving the ball, drive forward with it and uh, get away from their opposition player. Um, like when Bradley tries, he always gets caught. Osorio is not the quickest. Uh, neither is Pozuelo. Um, I just want to know what your thoughts are um, as to why it could be a reason why we're lacking control in games because we end up having to pass our way out. We can't drive the ball forward. Uh, yeah, it, it, that's a good point, Chris. Uh, a lot of times, again, the, those players want to play defeat, um, which is fine. Again, if you're a really great passing team who can pass your way around uh, your opponents, then that's fantastic. But right now, this team isn't quite there yet. And you're, you are right. Uh, in theory, Pazuelo would be that player that would be able to carry the ball forward Osorio to a certain extent. Um but a lot of times, again, Pozuelo ends up with two or three defenders around him uh, when he receives the ball um, because they know that's what he wants to do and they know he he's dangerous when you give him space. Uh, same thing with, with Osorio, and he's playing uh, a little bit differently than he has in the past. And, and then with Bradley, um, look, I, I've you know made my thoughts clear on it. I don't think he should be starting every single game. I'm not saying he's not a contributor to the team. Um, but I don't think he should be starting every single match. He should not be an automatic. Um, I get it right now. I think both Noble and Ralph are, you know, carrying knocks. I think Noble was on the bench today, but, um, you know, from, from that perspective, I know he's not hundred percent fit, but either way, uh, look, he, Bradley got caught on, I believe it was the fourth goal. Um, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong there. Um, but you know, taking one extra touch and he got caught in the midfield and then it, it but then at that point like because he's supposed to be that player that sh that shields the back when he gets caught in possession like that it, your teams are off to the races at that point because they know they can get in behind um uh, on, on TFC and, and you know I believe it was the fifth goal um that he got caught on it was just a simple sort of take him off take the ball off him you know, one pass, one pass, and then another pass uh, from Rodriguez in, and, and then just, uh, and just a, a really nice finish. You know, if you're going to play him every game, you may have to live with that right now, if that's where Bob Bradley really wants to go. Sean, I don't know if you have thoughts on that, but... Well, I mean, it's hard to really... Like, the problem is, is right now we don't have anyone to who is able to step in and take over his... him Take over that role, right? Um, for... For as much as we keep talking about Okello and Prizo, they're not healthy. And so far, when when either of them have, I mean, they haven't really shown a lot to say they're ready to take over on that full-time basis. Um, so the question is, is, does the team need to look at, you know, 
at least at some point adding I believe they need to create some some more of a creative midfielder and hope that either both Okello and Prizo get healthy and they can start to, you know, force the decision on Bob to, you know what, there there are days where you know what, one of these guys are going to be starting over over Michael. Because you're right, I don't, again, I don't know what goal it was, but that turnover, as soon as it happened, they came down and popped in another, right? Um, and we're seeing that, unfortunately, a little too often. Um, I think, Chris, you described him as being stiff. Yeah, there's many da- games where his age and years are c- catching up to him. You're definitely noticing it a lot more game in, game out. And that's where I think Michael Field would agree with me, where it's time to find you know, somebody else to come in where we don't rely on him to necessarily play that 60 minutes a game, maybe come in and, and, and help out to close off games, right? Yeah, uh, look, hey, I, I think collectively um, it was not a, a great showing. There are some uh, individuals had pretty good performances. You know, obviously we'll talk about um, Jesus Jimenez's second goal, which was a fantastic little chip finish. But a lot of guys just did not have it today. Um, you know, at least after, you know, it's kind of like the lights kind of went off after the second goal. Um, and everybody kind of got a little comfortable. And, and I mean, you can't do that against this team. I know the NYCFC didn't start the season, at least the um, MLS season, really well. But you know, this is still a team that is MLS Cup champions, and they weren't, you know, they weren't um, bad value for that uh, for that cup. And you know, they, uh, you know, this is the second game where they've scored five or more goals uh, in a row. Um, so they can put them up in a quick succession. And, you know, I'll have some questions about Bob Bradley playing the back three to begin with, but um, Chris, I know you want to get in here. So I'll, I'll give you another thought here. Go ahead and mute yourself. I just want to add that we just looked very disjointed today and that's normal, right? Because we've got a lot of young players coming in. We have a lot of new players coming in. And we lost to the MLS Cup champions, right? Um, it, it is what it is, right? We've done well this season. Um, I don't think anybody should be too disappointed. We lost by one goal. Yes, there were lots of mistakes. Yes, there's things we can improve on. Yes, we're going to talk about the things we want to improve. But overall, I'm very happy with this team. And I think today's result is something that can be expected. Like I said, a lot of young new players coming in. A lot of turnover that's happened over the off season, so it, it, we were just jointed, and I, I think that's normal. All right, fair enough, Chris. I'm, I'm going to move you back into the audience. Thanks for your thoughts. If you want to jump back in, um, feel free. Um, but uh, I mean, look, I, I think yes, you still can be very proud of this team. I, I think there is still fight back, and you did see a bit of that. Um, obviously, they get the goal. So let, let's go through the goals really quickly. So obviously. Jesus Jimenez uh, starts off early, um, gets a, a really nice uh, play uh, between Kosi uh, Oso and with the finish um, by Jesus Jimenez. Um, again, you know, I'm going to say it almost every week uh, until sort of I get proved wrong right now, but he's probably one of the best value for money new signings um, in the league, you know, just in terms of being able to have that movement. Again, he can, as we said last week, drift in and out of games you know, and, and sort of be there, uh, you know, to score back a goal, but also at the same time, seemed like he's disappeared for 60 minutes at a time. 
Um, and I think you get a little bit of that today because, you know, he scores in the 13th minute and then the 27th minute, you know, it's great. It's sort of great midfield work uh, to turn the ball over a great through ball um, by Kosi Thompson into him and as, and then it's a, it's a fantastic finish, right? Let, let's not take that away from him. It is a great chip finish um, over Sean Johnson and, and you know, 2-0, I, I don't think it's unreasonable for, you know, fans to think, you know, we this might be our day. You know, we might get something out of here. Like I said, I don't think they were in control of the game even at that point. But at 2-0, you're thinking, okay, you know, we might be able to get uh, to something a, a, out of this. And then the wheels kind of fall off after that point. Um, and, and NYCFC really start to, to come at TFC. Um, you know, and, and you get, uh, you know, you, you get Tati Cassianos getting, a, well, first of all, uh, scores, VAR calls it off correctly. It was offside. It did come off the back of, I think, Keaton Park's head, um, uh, you know, to, to, to call off that goal. But then he does score. Um, and then you can kind of see, you know, what we've been talking about in terms of, just not being able to get a foot on the ball, not being able to to control the game, uh, and from there it really kind of only felt like, and it was a matter of time before NYCFC was going to score again. Uh, and then right after halftime, they get uh, they get the second goal, and at that point, it's it kind of felt like there was only one team that was going to win it at that point. Um, Sean, I don't know how you felt as you were watching it, but once they got sort of the tire, I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't know about this. I, I think the tie was just like, I can't believe it's what I'm watching. I think it was one, once they went up 3-2, I'd be like, oh, my God, this is not going to be And because it's, you just did not, I mean, it was the pressure, the turnovers, the mistakes. I just did not see have the confidence that we had. What Like, we've gone down before. It's not like we have in this season and fought back. But just based on the way NYC FC was playing and the way we were playing, I just did not, I knew it was over as soon as they scored like that third goal. And it was three, two. I just said like, no matter what they, they just looked like, like they, they had that confidence. They had that, you know what? Like even when they were down two nothing, they did not look as if a team that, that looked like they, they were out of the game. And that's the difference when you're an MLS cup champion versus a team that's in, transition in in you know it we're still uh, a work in progress so again like i said earlier you know the better team won the game we, there's a lot to you know unfortunately negative to take from this game but at least it's things they can build off of and hopefully improve on moving forward right the team has exceeded expectations so far we got beat by the better team today plain and simple yeah, um, but it, it, I don't feel like it could be TFC without a little bit of, of mayhem near the end um, with a with a bit of a comeback. DeAndre Kerr gets his first goal, uh, senior goal, which, again, very encouraging. Another Academy product gets their first goal um, with the club. Uh, and then it's kind of a double whammy. Hey, Bear goes off with a head cut, um, which, okay, that makes sense. And then Alfredo Morales gets a second yellow a couple minutes later, and then they're down to nine men. And then it's and then it's game on. And then Michael Bradley of all again of all people heads in a goal, and you're thinking, 
can they nick this one? Can they actually get a point out of a game that they probably have no business getting a point out of? Um, and it, it, it's weird because they had chances. <laughs> it's, you know, we're, we're, having, we're being negative and we're kind of like, uh, we can't believe the defense. And then at the end of the day, they could have walked away with a point somehow. Somehow they could, it, it, but it almost would have been like, yeah, you, you you got that point, you fought back, and you know at the end of the day, like you you can't complain about that. But it 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 would have been weird coming somehow if they did get that that tying goal, because it's like they they were definitely outperformed by far. Like at one point, outside of the two goals we scored, we did not have any shots on net. Right, yeah. like the only two shots we had went in. And, you know, so statistically, if we had somehow tied the game, it would have made no sense. No, I agreed. And it's funny, um, on the Toronto Until I Die podcast this week, um, you know, they mentioned the, the, the sort of expected goals and expected goals against as, you know, uh, as a sort of a statistical, you know, you can kind of use that statistical analysis. I mean, it depends on how much you read into those things. But I, I do read into expected goals against. and. The fact is, Toronto FC is probably still uh, by that's that one of the worst defensive teams in the league. Still, um, you know they've they've. I don't want to say necessarily that they rode their luck a little bit um, in sort of the going uh, going unbeaten in four, but they did at times. You know, uh, you know whether it was VAR calls, whether it was you know players just not hitting the target, Bono making a save. Um, you know, they do give up chances in really high-scoring opportunity areas. Uh, and today they were made to pay for it. And then and you, and, and as, as, uh, as Ravi, I believe, said, you know, eventually that does come to bite you in the butt when you're playing better teams who can finish those chances. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I so don't think it's going to – yeah, sorry. I was just going to say I don't think there we, – we, you know, there's certain things we can obviously take away from the game, but at the end of the day – when you're playing one of the best teams in the league um, that know they know how to fight. They know, you know what, just because they're down, they're not out. You know what, we just got beat. Let's move on, be ready for Cincinnati next week, figure out some areas that need to be figured out. We do need to figure out what's the best formation defensively, whether it's a four-man back or um, – Maybe you need to rotate it depending on who you're you're going up against. Maybe does, some coaches don't like doing that, but right now, without knowing who's your best center backs or your best combination, you might have to do that. Well, and here's a question for the room, and I'd love to get some thoughts on this from everybody uh, in the room. So feel free to grab the mic um, at the bottom left hand corner there if you're listening on your phone. Would love to get your thoughts on this. Is you know should TFC stick to a back four going forward? Um, you know, I, I know we've been playing a back three a bit. I, I don't think that's really the long term plan um, for the team, um, but they've been playing it for for a bit now, um, and they've been finding some success. But I wonder if it, it, it long term if it makes sense for this team to go to a, a back four. Um, you know, again, would love to get everybody's thoughts on that. So feel free to to grab the mic there. Um, and, and grab uh, and sort of tell us your thoughts on the match. Um, but John, I, you know, I, I kind of look at this team and I kind of I tweeted it out um, just after I think the the third goal for NYCFC when they took the lead. I was just like, this team should probably be going to a back four. They probably should have gone to a back four um, at halftime. You know, I, I feel like you can get a little bit more control that way. 
Um, but, and eventually they kind of do that. Um, but by that point it was, I think they had already scored four. So it was kind of a little too late um, to, to go to that formation. Yeah. I mean, you're right. There have been times where the back three um, have worked or, but I think, like I've said before, like a player like O'Neal, I don't think you can have him like O'Neal, Salcedo and Mavinga week in, week out. I don't think can work as a back. Um, I think depending on who your opponent is, each one of their weaknesses gets exposed. Um, and then you're only relying on like someone like, I mean, like I think you need to be able to, you want to be able to rotate the three of them in, but I think they would be more suited on a doing that with, going with a back four um, where depending on, you kind of have to maybe set it up on a matchup basis who you're up against, who, you know, if it's, if it's a team that has um, a lot of pace up front, you may, maybe O'Neill isn't the right guy um, because he can get exposed or, um, you know, again, you have to be flexible. I think when it comes to that, but I don't, I think you're better suited at the back, having a back four than playing with the three center. Uh, Ravi, uh, you grab the mic, uh, please unmute uh, yourself and uh, give us your thought on that. Uh, yeah, you know what? I'm kind of with Sean here. I don't think we we have the players right now to do a back three. Um, Salcedo, I I just haven't seen him create a partnership with anybody yet um, on that back line in terms of Mavinga and O'Neal. I mean, they had a great game uh, the previous game. Um, but again, I, I don't see either of them as sort of that back leader. Um, I think if we did want to play a back three, we would need, we'd have to look at bringing someone else in and, and possibly shuffling one of, in my opinion, it's either Mavinga or O'Neal out. Um, we've got Lucas Magnata, who seems to be a strong option off the bench. Um, but yeah, right now that trio just seems like water and oil. I'm, I'm just not seeing the connection that I would see with, you know, even a Drew Moore uh, that first year he was here um, when he was partnering with, I'm totally forgetting his name, but we shipped him off to Columbus. Um, but uh, he even was, you know, Drew Moore was able to to create a connection with him. The following year, he created a connection with um, Mavinga. I'm just not seeing that with Salcedo and anybody right now. Maybe it takes time. Maybe it'll take more time. But um, but yeah, I think for now, we should just stick to that, to that back two. Um, with four in the back, I mean, sorry, uh, with the two center backs, but I, I don't know what that partnership would be, to be honest. Yeah, it, it, to me, it, it you know it makes sense that if you can't play Salcedo and Mavinga together because they kind of want to again, sort of the same thing with sort of Petrasso and, and Schaffelberg, they kind of both want to do the same thing. Um, they both want to kind of step forward with the ball. Both are good at it. It's not like they're not good at it. It's just that when both kind of want to do it and both will kind of, they'll kind of take riskier options in defending, you know, you can't kind of have both of them on at the same time with somebody like a Shane O'Neill who does not have the recovery pace to make up for it. If you do miss the ball on a slide tackle, or if you do, you know, angle your body in the wrong way and, and get either brushed off the ball by the attacker or just simply miss the ball, right? It, it's 
you know, you, you do put yourself into kind of a dangerous situation when you have two of the three that do that. And then you're kind of relying on Chan O'Neill trying to chase back Tacky Castellanos. Like that's not, that is not an advantageous um, position to be in uh, from a defensive perspective. The thing that the thing that will make it tough to do a back four is is right now you don't really have a natural left back. Again, you you are using Jacob Schaffelberg there, um, and and you're if you just ask him to be a pure left back, you are negating the things that make him, in theory, you know, uh, a great option down that left hand side. But at the same time, I think that. You know, I, I don't know if you are solid enough both defensively and in your midfield three uh, with uh, Bradley, Osorio, and Pozuelo defensively to be able to not have a flat back four. Not me, it doesn't have to necessarily be a flat back four, but to have a back four, period, and be lined up that way. Now, that's just kind of how I'm seeing things. Again, I'd love to get other people's thoughts. Um, as I'm going to have to move here because my phone is about to die. Um, but, uh, you know, I would love to, you know, just, you know, I, overall, I, again, I, I don't think we can complain too much about the team. Obviously, today is one of those days, kind of like the Red Bull home opener, where you kind of want to burn the game film, right? This is the burn the game film, you know, maybe watch it once, look at the things that you messed up on, and you know, work on it on the pitch and get ready for Cincinnati. Um, but sort of the bad of what this team is right now in this transitional state really showed its head today. Um, and and uh, I think for the, the remainder of the season, we're going to kind of have to live with that a little bit. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say, yeah, definitely when, you know, because a lot of our opponents are going to watch a game like this and see where, you know, ways to expose TFC. Now, not every team plays on a baseball pitch um, or soccer pitch played on a baseball pitch. So it kind of, you know, not every team can take advantage of, of those dimensions and, and things like that. But yeah, the team basically has to, you know what, notches up is, you know, what, it's, it's a road loss, learn from the mistakes and just, you have to kind of move on. You, you can't dwell on, on, on this, right? The team's in transition. We know that we're a work in progress. So you have to just, you're going to have games like this. Hopefully not many, but you will have games like this. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so uh, we'll kind of wrap it up. I think we've kind of said everything that kind of needs to be said about this game. It was ugly. It was not a, a great match uh, from a TFC perspective. There Again, there were things that we can take from it. Um, from a positive perspective, I think, you know, Jesus Jimenez clearly is a very good number nine. Um, you know, I think you have something there with Kosey Thompson. You know, I, it, there are some positives to take from, from that perspective. I think there's a lot for this team to continue to work on um, as they get ready for Cincinnati next week. Um, if there's anybody that has any last thoughts before we wrap up the show this week, um, feel free to grab the mic. Um, just a couple of housekeeping notes um, before we jump off uh, tonight. Um, we do have a new Twitter handle. Um, follow us at TFC Tunnel Club. That's where we're going to be posting the links for the post-game shows uh, going forward. I think you guys are kind of used to either myself or Sean 
uh, putting them out on our own personal Twitters. We still have Twitter. We're still on it. Um, but uh, definitely the, the, the show links will come through that uh, Twitter account. So again, it's at TFC Tunnel Club. Um, we're really proud to be part of the Toronto Till I Die sort of network um, with the Toronto Till I Die podcast. Um, so it, it, it's great to be uh, with them and working with them going forward. Um, and then finally, you know, I, I think with the show schedule, uh, we're going to continue doing these post-game reaction shows 30 to 35 minutes after final uh, whistle um, and, and coming to you with the show. Uh, and then on home match days, we will be uh, doing the show the day after. Um, as a, you know, I've said uh, a couple times on the show before, Sean and I are usually at the Bebo field directly. Um, so we usually jump on the day after and kind of give you sober second thoughts on, on the match. Um, Sean, any, any last words here before we jump off? Um, not much. Um, uh, next week's an early afternoon game, which TFC needs to really get a handle on Saturday games. He's, you know, not a fan of the, what, 2.30, 3 o'clock. Um, but yeah, um, that's basically it. Mike's kind of taking care of the housekeeping. Um, I hope you like our new um, logo. Um, and yeah, a lot more to come. Hopefully uh, things are a lot better next week and we have a much more cheerful show to bring for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully we're not talking about, well, I mean, hey, it's, it's 5-4 and we get three points. That's great. Um, but if you're 5-4 against Cincinnati, um, it, the, there's going to be some more questions to be asked. Um, but uh, guys, have yourself a, a great evening and in, in the rest of uh, your Sunday. Uh, again, you can follow me, Mike Newell, at Football Saves. You can follow Sean at Sean Anthony Levy. Uh, and until next week, uh, we'll talk to you then. Have yourself a great night. Take care. Mm-hmm.